Hey everybody, welcome to the broadcast. This is Pastor Jack C. and this is Living With Purpose. And uh, get your Bible, get a notebook, share this video, share it on social media. Um, they are all on YouTube and on our uh, website at westhoustonchristian.live and you can go back and catch up. We've been talking a lot about strife and uh, we know that strife is something that um, its, its intention is to stop growth, its intention is to separate us from the blessing, and what we're also finding out is, is that its intention is to get us to make a decision that we normally wouldn't make. It is trying to get us to make a choice and a decision based on how we feel, uh, based on uh, a raw emotion, and uh, as we've seen before, you know, if we go back and we look at Cain and Abel, you know, Cain and Abel, two brothers, and uh, all of a sudden, one brother, he has his offering received or accepted, the other brother is not, and it makes Cain angry. Well, because strife enters in, now you've got Cain, and Cain makes a decision that not only affects him, but it affects everybody alive today because that decision caused him to kill his brother and we are separated today from Abel's bloodline because of a rash decision that uh, that Cain made. And you know, if, if we could go back in time, I guarantee you, Cain would not make that decision again. You know, we have to keep strife out of our homes, men, and that falls primarily on us. And uh, whenever we read the Old Testament, whenever I read Genesis, there just weren't not a whole lot of good family uh, dynamics. And uh, there seemed to be many opportunities for the enemy to come in and uh, to, to try and bring strife and to kind of exasperate already existing strife that's in a home. And uh, he really used it to try and separate family from family, mother from father, brother from brother. And it's a tactic that he still uses today. Why does the enemy still use this tactic today? Because it works. How many of us today are a part of a family or know somebody where there are parents, there are siblings that haven't spoken to each other in years, where there are parents that don't talk to children, children that don't talk to parents, siblings that don't talk to each other? Why not? Because strife entered into that relationship at some point and because it was not dealt with, and parents, that's where we come in, we have to deal with it. When it was not dealt with, it caused that relationship to stop, you know, um, this is a little bit of a side note. I've, I've never personally been to prison or jail, but I have talked to, to many men that have. And something that they tell you is that when a man or woman goes into prison, whatever age they are, they stay that age for as ever long as they're in prison because they're taken away from all of the stimulus that helps us to grow and to mature. And so if you go into prison as an 18-year-old, you mentally, you kind of stay in that place as an 18-year-old because there's really nothing in prison that's going to help you to grow and become a man and, and do those types of things. That's kind of what offense and that's kind of what strife does. Strife kind of holds us into that position of whatever age we were when it happened. It kind of freezes us in that area or in that, in that time frame. And so uh, what happens is, is that when we get into strife, and like we're talking about, we need to keep it out of our families. How many of us have said something we wish we never would have said? How many of us, if we could go back in time when there was just an enormous amount of strife, that we made a choice, we made a decision, we said something, we did something, and that decision is still with us today? 
we wish we never would have done it. We wish we never would have said it. I guarantee you that Cain wishes that he would have never killed his brother. And so we're going to move forward today a little bit. We're still talking about uh, strife. And, uh, you know, we even talked about last week how, you know, Isaac was a prosperous man. He was a blessed man. And because he was so blessed, the Philistines around him envied him. Um, he could have helped all those Philistines, but those Philistines envied him. Strife enters in, and what's that strife do? It causes them to fill in their own wells. It causes them to cut off their own source of life in an attempt to try and hurt the other person or try and hurt Isaac from prospering so much. See, that strife caused those Philistines to make a choice and make a decision that didn't just affect them, it affected everybody else. It affected all of their families and everybody living in that region. And so you really can't talk about strife until you talk about Jacob and Esau. And uh, they are the two sons of Isaac and Rebekah. And uh, we all kind of know that, you know, Jacob and Esau were two very, very different brothers. Um, uh, Jacob was more of the tent person. You know, he was more of the book reader. He was the more of the one that liked uh, kind of a mama's boy, for lack of a better word. Um, he probably did not have the greatest work ethic. You know, whenever there was a work detail, he probably looked to go the other way. But his brother Esau was the opposite. Esau was a hunter. He was uh, the barbecue king. He was the guy that was always like being outside. He loved the outdoors. Um, he loved to hunt. Um, he loved to prepare the food that he made. Uh, this just was his lifestyle. Esau lived to live outside and to, he probably was a very, very hard worker. And we all know what happens is that Esau's coming in from hunting one day. Uh, Jacob is there and he's cooking and Esau smells what Jacob is cooking. Uh, Esau says, give me some of that, whatever it is that you're cooking. And Jacob, and, and we have to give Jacob credit for this, Jacob really understood what was valuable. He knew that that birthright was more valuable than any earthly possession. He knew that the birthright that Esau had as a firstborn, it was a once in a lifetime, it was priceless, uh, it could never be given again. It truly was a once in a lifetime opportunity. Well, Jacob understood that. And so Jacob says, sure, I'll give you this food, but you sell me your birthright. Well, what's Esau do? Esau's not the sharpest tack in the, in the box. And so he's like, sure, whatever. Uh, yeah, I'll give it to you. Well, he sells it to Jacob. Well, then Rebecca and Jacob come and take ownership of it. And they do that through the manipulating of Isaac, you know, dressing up Jacob like Esau, having Isaac bless him as if he was Esau, Jacob getting that birthright. And uh, let me tell you, even though Esau had, everything that Esau did, he did of his own free will. He was given that birthright of his own free will and he sold it of his own free will. He needed to take responsibility for his actions, but that's easier said than done. So can I just tell you that there was already strife, just like Cain and Abel, there's already built-in strife in a family. And what happens now is that strife, it goes on steroids. And it gets moved to the point where now Esau, is uh, he makes this statement. Let me read it to you. Let's look at um, Genesis chapter 27. And uh, I'll paraphrase to save a little time. But uh, Esau says... Um, after Jacob has gotten the birthright, after Esau received his secondary birthright, 
Um, he's not happy. He's frustrated. He's angry. There's strife. And so because there's strife, guess what? Esau is getting ready to make a life-changing decision under the worst circumstance. Because of that strife, because of the anger, because of the envy, because of everything, you know, everything that could be encapsulated in Jacob and Esau's relationship, he's getting ready to make a life-changing decision under the worst possible situation. You know, never make a decision when you're hungry, when you're angry, when you're lonely, and when you're tired. Those are the worst times for us to make big decisions. And so Esau was all of those. He was furious. He felt like he had been conned and robbed, but he really wasn't. Uh, he sold that birthright to Jacob. So what's he do? He says out loud, he says, you know what? The days of my father's death of mourning are, are close. And as soon as my father dies, then I'm going to kill my brother. So right there, that strife is now causing Esau to make a life-changing decision. Well, we all know that Rebecca overhears this and she takes Jacob and and sends him away to her brother, and, and we all know that the story really stops with Esau, and it really just picks up with Jacob through his life. But you know, those two brothers were separated forever. There is a time where they came back together at Isaac's death, but they were never, that strife was so complete and so almost perfect that those two families never came together. It robbed them, strife robs you of the, um, the ability to enjoy the relationships that of our family. And I know I shared this, you know, maybe a few few stories back, that in my personal life with my own mom, Pastor Mary Jean, that there was a lot of strife in our home when we were younger. When I was 12, 13, 15, up to 18 years old, we were striving against each other. I was the force of darkness, she was the force of life. I wanted to run in the world, I wanted everything the world had to offer, she was trying to hold me at bay and trying to instill the things of God in me. She, you know, we went from going to church on a Sunday morning for 45 minutes to going to church all the time. And that was Sunday morning for hours. It was Sunday night. It was Wednesday night. Anytime the doors were open, the pigeons were there. Well, I hated it. And there, it brought strife because there were things inside of me that really wanted the flesh. There were things that the enemy was able to tag in me that brought just extra added emphasis to, uh, to not wanting anything having to do with church or God or any of those things. And uh, that strife robbed me from my parents getting to enjoy time with me during all those years. I was not fun to be around. Now, I've got great news for you. God is a God of restoration. I've been restored. My parents and I have worked together for well over 20, 25 years. And I've been saved now for 30, almost 31 or 32 years, instant restoration in our relationships. And we got to make up all that time. That's a wonderful testimony. But this relationship between Jacob and Esau, it never came back together. And uh, that is the, it's the separator. How much better could these two brothers have been together than had they been separated? Now, also notice that Isaac was uh, um, the blessing that he gave his son Jacob. It came to pass, and Jacob was incredibly blessed. But you know, all the money in the world, all the, 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 the cows, the goats, the he servants, the maid servants, none of that is worth in the long run the relationship you could have had with a brother or with a sister. And so unfortunately, uh, it robbed them both. And uh, Esau almost made a life-changing decision 
of killing his brother. And uh, that decision would have been haunting us today. So, strife drove a wedge between the brothers that cost both of them a relationship. Now, I do want you to notice even that once, you know, Jacob left and, and, and Esau is still there, you know, one of the big things that Isaac told his sons, he said, look, I don't want you marrying these women from Canaan. Uh, these, are, these are outsiders. You need to marry somebody within our own tradition, within our own family, uh, so that we can maintain this bloodline. And uh, they did have relatives. They were in far places. Well, because Esau was so mad at his parents and was so mad at Jacob, what's he do? The first thing he does, because he knew his father didn't like it, is he went and married one of these women from Canaan. See, that strife and that envy caused Esau to make a choice and make a decision that stayed with him for the rest of his life. See, we don't ever want to make decisions based out of strife. Sometimes when we're in strife, sometimes when we're in envy, we want to do whatever it takes. See, our natural man hates pressure. We'll do whatever it takes. We will get it. We will run from pressure. We don't like it. We don't like any how it makes us feel, and we'll do whatever it takes to escape it. And the lie is, when there's a lot of strife, is, is well, if I'll just get rid of that person, everything will be better. But it's not. It makes it a million times worse. We don't ever want to make decisions based off of strife. We want to make decisions based out of love. And uh, one of the greatest things, one of the greatest examples of somebody taking uh, where there could have been strife was between Abraham and Lot. And Abraham and Lot, uh, both of their their um, all their goods begin to grow. They're in the same piece of land, and then there's strife between their herdsmen. And really, what the enemy wanted to do was drive just a a wedge between those two, almost maybe even to the point where he could have gotten Lot to kill Abram because of the strife. But what Abram did is what we have to do, is Abram took a step back, he got a word from God, he went to Lot and said, I tell you what, Lot, you choose. I'm not gonna let you think that I've manipulated this in any way, shape, or form. Here's all the land. Lot, just so that you don't think I've got something that belongs to you, so that you don't envy me, so that it's not look like this deal is rigged, you choose where you're going to go, and I'll go the other way. And you know what? It totally diffused that situation. See, we have to take control during a strife situation. A soft word turns away wrath. Just to go head-to-head -head with somebody, it doesn't fix anything. But to listen, to speak a word in love, uh, to bring healing to the relationship, that's what we do as believers. Amen? This is Pastor Jack C. This is Living With Purpose. Come join us at West Houston Christian Center. Pastor Michelle and the family at WHCC, we would love to see you on a Sunday morning at 1030. Uh, there's more information on our website, westhoustonchristian.live. Jesus is Lord.